off, please. Everybody turn your cell phones off. Everybody's getting an alert. That alert is to tell you to turn your cell phone off. <laughs> Glory to God. Be sure. I'll wait a minute. You can turn your cell phone off. I'll wait a minute. We'll start recording in a second. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody still turn their cell phones off while you're doing that? Father, I pray for whoever, Lord, is involved in that, that alert, that, Father, your angels go out. We dispatch angels right now on behalf of that child or that senior, whoever it is is involved in that alert, to bring them back to their loved ones safely without any harm. We command it so now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we agree. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 1. And uh, verse 1, please. Mark chapter 1 and verse 1. And while you're doing that, grab also Galatians. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and then Galatians 3 and verse 26. Everybody have those verses? Yes, sir. <clears throat> okay, let's read Mark chapter 1, verse 1 together. Ready? Read. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. All right, good. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the who? Son of God. The Son of God. Okay, Galatians 3 <clears throat> and verse 26. You have that? Yes, sir. Okay, let's read that together. Ready, read. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So today we're talking about Jesus Christ the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Father, thank you today for giving us opportunity to hear and receive your word. I pray, Lord, over your people, that God, that they are uh, ready to hear and receive, that their hearts are ready to, to conceive the word of God. Thank you that, Lord, ears are open, eyes are open, that there's no hindrance, no restriction to us receiving the word of God, that every heart is open, oh God, to your voice through me today. Have your way, speak to us with clarity. Speak to us with accuracy, O oh God. Let your word go forth unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. Thank you that, God, your word shall do in us what you've sent it to, to do and produce in us what you've sent it to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen, amen. and amen. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I want to teach y'all a song. I want to teach you a song. E flat. I don't know what flat. What, what flat okay, that, that works. That's, that's your good key? That's your good key, all right. This is, back, back in, the, uh, in my uh, young adult days, I'm still a young adult, so I should, I, I mean, because I should call this really my youth, my childhood days. I was about 20-something, that's, that's childhood. Um, in, 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 the, in the midst of what we would call the word movement, how many of y'all have heard of the word movement? Some of y'all don't know. The faith movement, uh, we've heard of that. The charismatic movement, the Pentecostal movement. The word movement was where we got away from a lot of that to let's, let's preach the word. And we're still in that movement. That movement hasn't ended. I'm thankful for that, that we're in that movement. But within that movement, what also happened was uh, we used to, uh, we learned songs Unlike the most ones on the radio today, we learned songs that came straight directly word for word from the word. 
that you don't have to go back over and, you know, kind of change the words. Our, our praise, they got to go back and change the words on stuff because, you know, the stuff that's out there on, you know, popular gospel music and stuff is, is not word-based, which means it's not, it's not producing faith. If it doesn't produce faith, it's not really gospel. Gospel means good news, so it's not really good news. It's really like, hang on. You know, hang on. It's, it's, isn't that right? It's like hang on music. But gospel music is not hang on music. It's okay. We got something here that we can stand on. All right? And so there's a scripture, 1 John chapter 3, verse uh, 1. In the King James Version. And can you put it on the screen for me? 1 John 3, verse 1. Here's the words of the psalm. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, but we're going to say given to us. Given unto us. Okay? Can y'all, can y'all got that? So behold, that's the word. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. The second line is that we should be called the sons of God. And singing this song over and over and over again begin to build me up. Begin to make me understand the revelation of who I am. That I wasn't just a Christian. And most Christians are stuck on the Christian level. Church member level. And that doesn't last. But when you get understanding of your sonship, that changes everything. All right, so it goes like this. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold, now, they, see, these songs didn't have all that beating, you know. It's, it's, it was sound kind of dorky, but it's the word. Should I quit? Because y'all don't like... I don't want some rhythm, you know. You just in that same song. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be, uh, I mess that up. <laughs> that we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called the sons of God. Y'all got it? Y'all want to sing it? One, two, ready, behold. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto Behold, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given. That we, oh, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called. 
Oh, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love. Oh, that we, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called the, that we, that we, that we, that we should be called the sons. That we, let's go higher. Oh, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto that we, that we, that we. Y'all got it yet? Stand up. Oh, that we, that we, that we. That we. Oh, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto Oh, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto Oh, behold what manner of love. Oh, that we, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we, oh, that we, that we, that we, oh, that we, that we, be called the sons of God that we that we come on one more time oh behold what manner of love the father has given unto us behold what manner of love the father has given unto us oh behold what manner of love y'all sound good now behold what manner of love one more time behold 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 what manner of love the father has given unto us Behold what manner of love. Come on, take it home. That we, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called. Oh, that we, that we, that we. Oh, that we, that we. Come on, say it again. That we, that we, that we. That we, that we. Everybody, come on, say it again. That we, that we, oh, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. Now give God a praise if you know you're a son of God. Hallelujah! That we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, that we should be called. Oh, that we, that we should be called. Oh, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. Glory to God. Sit down. Oh, my, my, my. When you all used to sing that, how did that, what did that do to you? Yeah. They used to sing it. Just sit. Yeah. Yeah. See, those songs, 
Because it's the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and most of us, our, our song selections are not biblical. The Bible says you encourage yourselves by singing to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Most of our songs aren't spiritual songs. Oh, yes, spirituals. No, I don't mean Negro spirituals. I'm talking about spiritual means it's coming from the word of God. Negro spirituals didn't do nothing for you spiritually. I don't care if you're mad. Negro spirituals didn't do anything for us spiritually. It helped our souls. Don't get me wrong. It helped our souls to navigate and, and maneuver through tough times, but they didn't help us spiritually. Swing low. Sweet church. See, y'all, you want to sing that. That, that it might help your soul. But your spirit doesn't get built up. Your spirit gets built up by singing the word of God. I dare you in your car, in your shower, wherever you are, to sing that. Just sing it for about a half hour. Just sing it for about a half hour. Watch how the image on the inside of you changes. See, because most of us in the body of Christ have no clue about our sonship. And because, watch this, watch this, because we have no clue about our sonship, we have no clue about what we really have access to. And so we're left begging God for things or trying to qualify ourselves for things. Because we don't understand about our sonship. And if we're going to move with God in this coming year, we better learn about our sonship. That's why we taught on last Sunday, Jesus Christ, the son of David. Wednesday night, Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham. And today, Jesus Christ, the son of God. Amen? All right, let's get into this this morning. Let's get into this. All right, so we read here in Mark chapter 1, that's our key scripture. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, we started out last week again telling you how everybody wants to know uh, their, where they came from. Everybody wants to know that. That's why we have uh, websites like Ancestry.com and 23andMe.com that help people to find out, you know, their history. People who've been adopted, people who've been abandoned, people who uh, maybe their, their parents have passed away or, you know, whatever the case is and never knew uh, their, their uh, heritage. They spend money or spend time, spend years trying to trace to find out where they come from. Because once you find out where you come from, it gives you a sense of identity. Am I right about it? And when you get that sense of identity, it, it talks about uh, your belongings. You'll know uh, who you belong to. You'll, you'll get understanding of where you belong. But also, more importantly, uh, what can happen is you'll find out what belongs to you. And because of the body of Christ, we're not, we're not certain. We've not mastered uh, who we belong to. We've not mastered where we belong. Then we have no clue of what belongs to us. Am I right about it? And so God needs us to really master this knowledge of, of who we belong to. We are his. Glory to God. 
and where we belong. Every believer belongs in the household of faith. Right? And once we get that, then we can begin to learn what belongs to us. All right? Now, I gave you a word on uh, Wednesday, heritage. Let's look at this word heritage, please, because that's what everybody's trying to find out is their heritage. And that word heritage is defined from the dictionary as property that descends to an heir. These, these are three definitions that are included in the word heritage. Property that descends to an heir. Now, everybody talks about, I want to know my heritage. My, you know, in other words, most people focus on what's my people? Who are my people? What tribe am I from? What nation did I come from? What, 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 uh, what are our traditions? But the very first definition is property that descends to an heir. Then, number two, something that is transmitted or acquired from a predecessor. Reference to your legacy, your inheritance, your tradition. Number three, something that is possessed as a result of one's natural situation or birth, meaning your birthright. You remember this story about Esau and Jacob? Some of you. Okay, Esau and Jacob were the sons of a man named Isaac who was Abraham's son. So Esau and Jacob, the Bible says that Esau, uh, uh, Isaac really loved Esau. Esau was a hunter, a hunter-gatherer. Jacob was, uh, he worked in the fields. And, and Isaac really loved Esau. So Esau out, is out there one day, he's hunting, he's, he's gathering, and he comes home probably with nothing, uh, whatever, whatever the case was. And there's Isaac, uh, there's Jacob rather, Jacob's made a pot of stew. And Esau comes home and he's so hungry, he asks his brother for some, some of this, for, for some stew, and his brother said, what you gonna give me, essentially? And he said, man, I don't care, you know, I'll give you whatever you want. And so he was willing to give his birthright, he did give his birthright in exchange for a bowl of stew. He sold, the Bible says, his birthright. He despised, the Bible said, his birthright. Now, birthright, if you understood anything about history, about their, their, their customs, the birthright went to the eldest child, the oldest son. So birthright meant that you, you, when the parents were deceased, that you were now in charge. Birthright meant that when the, parent, when, when the father would, would, would uh, pass on and leave his inheritance, uh, the, the son, the oldest child with the birthright would get double the inheritance as, as anybody else. You got it? So if you had two sons, then, then the, the, the birthright, the, the inheritance would be divided into thirds. Two, two kids, two thirds would go to the eldest child, one third to the young child. Got it? If you had three kids, it would be divided into fourths, two fourths to the eldest child. You follow me? So you got double the amount. But he, he, the Bible says he was so hungry, he despised his birthright and gave up his birthright, gave up his heritage, for a pot of stew. And that's what the enemy has gotten the people of God to do is to sell their birthright. The Bible even talks about in the New Testament that, that people sell their birthright for fornication. It says don't be a fornicator who like, like Esau who sold his birthright for, for soup. So the Bible says when you, I'm just saying, you see what the Bible, when you get into fornication you're selling your birthright. That's sex outside of marriage, male or female, with a male or with a female. 
It's you sell your birthright. You give up your heritage. Heritage is your entitlement. <laughs> okay, that went over real good. All right. So birthright. Everybody say birthright. Now, we looked at how uh, Matthew, we saw in the book of Matthew uh, the last two weeks here, chapter 1, verse 1, how, uh, how Matthew traced Jesus, Jesus Christ's heritage all the way back to Abraham. Remember that? And so he linked Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, to two key ancestors. He said in Matthew 1, verse 1, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So in other words, his heritage was tied to David and tied to Abraham. So David, uh, David's mentioned because David gave Jesus Christ a royal heritage. So Jesus Christ's royalty was because he was a son of David. Then the Bible says he's the son of Abraham. Well, Abraham is known for his faith and for the blessing. The Bible calls something the blessing of Abraham. Am I right about it? So that loves Jesus Christ a faith heritage and a blessing heritage. Got it? So I taught you that we're in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he's a new creature. So the moment you get born again, you are now labeled or called or considered in Christ. So you are in Christ. Christ is in you. So the same thing that Christ has, you have. Got it? You got it? Okay, so Christ has a royal heritage. And that means then that you have a royal heritage. Christ has a faith heritage. That means now you have a faith heritage. Christ has a, a blessing heritage. That means you and I now have a blessing heritage. You got it? Because we're in Christ. Genesis, uh, give, give me a Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. Revelation chapter 4, media, help me out. I got to speed up in this review. Revelation 4, ver, uh, 1 verse 4 says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Verse 5, and from who? Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn. That's key right there. Firstborn from the dead. Firstborn means that there must be a secondborn, a thirdborn. And I'm somewhere in there probably like one million born. We're all born after him. He's the firstborn in the family. So we're in the same family. So he's the firstborn from the dead. And watch this. And the ruler over the kings, lowercase k, I-N-G-S, of the earth. So we got to find out who the kings of the earth are. It says to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, verse 6, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So we're, we're, we're in this kingship here. So we're the kings of the earth. Y'all got it? Yeah, I hope y'all getting this because this, this, so, this is why we have to be meditating this word. Because we got to get a revelation of our heritage that we're kings. When you get a revelation of your kingship, it changes how you dress, how you walk, how you talk, how you act, how you drive, how you live, what you wear. It changes everything. Glory to God. And so we are made kings and priests to, to his God and Father. Okay? So everybody say, I'm a king. 
Okay, now let's look at our, at our faith and blessing heritage. Look over here, please, at uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Genesis 3, verse 9, please. No, sorry, that's not correct. Give me Galatians 3, verse 9. I, I gave you that wrong. Galatians 3, verse 9. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It says, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing or faithful Abraham. So then those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham or believing Abraham. So the same blessing that Abraham has because of his faith, I have because of my faith. So just like Jesus Christ had a faith and blessing heritage, you and I then have a faith and blessing heritage. Got it? Give me this same verse in the CEV, Contemporary English Version, please. CEV. CEV. Glory to God. It says, this means that everyone who has faith will share in the blessings that were given to Abraham because of his faith. Oh, my goodness. That's good to me right there. Everyone who has faith or uses their faith will share in the blessings that were given to Abraham because of his faith. Well, pastor, what does that mean? Well, what blessings were given to Abraham because of his faith? Well, let's, let me give you a couple of them. Genesis 13, verse 2. Genesis 13, verse 2. Here's the blessings, some of the blessings that were given to Abraham. It says Abraham was very rich. I don't need to read the rest, but, you know, but he owned cattle and sheep and goats and had a lot of silver and gold. So those are blessings given to Abraham because of his faith. Now, we just read everyone who has faith will share in the same blessings that will get. Y'all wake up now. Wake up, man. This is why well, I studied too long and too hard for this for y'all to sleep on this. Then, then, so, so we, we, we share in his wealth. I share in his wealth. I'm wealthy. Wealth is my heritage. I come from a, from a long line of rich folk. Glory to God. See, most of us look at our mama and our dad and our grandma and our great-grandma. They grew up in, you know, in, in, in you know, uh, Thomasville and, you know, they grew up in, you know, we named a little Quincy and a little small town. They grew up in Bartow or they grew up in Mississippi somewhere. And, you know, we think, well, ain't my folk ain't never had no money. My folk had plenty of money. See, you're looking at the wrong folk. You're looking at the wrong heritage. All those who are faith will share in the same blessings as Abraham did because of his faith. Got it? All right. Genesis uh, 25, verse 7. Genesis, Genesis 25, verse 7. Genesis 25, verse 7. Glory to God. It says, this is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. So Abraham lived a long time and strong. 175 years. Not 70. Not 80 years by reason of strength. Not even 120 years that we've been claiming. He lived 175 years. I got to help you because, see, most folk, because of our skin color, we, we, we have these predictions of short lives. Or if we look back at, our, you know, how old, you know, when you go, go, to, go to, to the doctor, they're going to ask you, well, are your parents living? You go to get insurance, are your parents living? 
No, how old were they when they died? Because they're going to rate you based on your parents. But you got to pull out Genesis 25, 7. Y'all playing with me this morning. No, the Bible says 70 years and 80 by reason of strength. That was not from God. That was Moses talking about that sinful people out there in the wilderness. In the wilderness, they'd only survive 70 or 80 years. Genesis, that's Psalm number 90 when, when uh, Moses is quoting that. In the wilderness, that was their expected lifespan in the wilderness because they were out there in a mess. But what God said, it was back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Genesis 6, verse, y'all remember that? Good down the screen. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with man forever. He is indeed a flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Give me that in the New Living Translation, please. Give me the New Living. I think that's the one that says what I wanted to say here in the New Living. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I think so. If not, okay, there you go. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In the future. This is God said because he's dealt with all a man's sin. If you read Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, they are, they are wicked. So wicked, God is getting ready to destroy everybody. He says, but in the future, their normal lifespan will be 120 years. Now, what chapter is this? Now, what chapter did we read about Abraham? 25. So Abraham, because of his faith and the blessing, did not live a normal lifespan. Boy, I'm upgrading over here. I'm upgrading because we, we've been, we've been faith, faith in it 120 years. I'm going to leave for 120 years. He's 120, that's it? That's it? 175 years in Genesis 25, verse 7. 175 years for Abraham. Good night. And if you know anything about his story, just a few years prior, Devin, he had a bunch of children. So Mac is not too late. It's just, it's, it's. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Right? I'm talking about the blessing of Abraham is on your life. The blessing of Abraham is on your life. The blessing of Abraham is on your life. For you to be wealthy, live long, and be strong. So, so, hey, listen, 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 listen. You got to get this thing out of your mind about a biological clock. Get it out of your mind about a biological clock. That's for normal lifespan people. Get it out of your mind that you got to retire. You know, you, you, you done. We, you're useless when you turn 70. Useless. This man, 175 years old, is still making babies. In fact, he was making, uh, when, when he married Keturah, I think it's over in Genesis 25, he marries Keturah, he married a sister. You know, he, he did date a sister one time. Hagar. Hagar, that Egyptian, he dated a sister. But this time he married one. Sarah was gone. He married a sister, Keturah, and uh, made more babies. He was about 137 years old then. 
And he, you know, he probably never, if, if Katura died, he probably would never go on back. Because, you know, once you go black, you never go back. No, okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Okay, so what? I have what Abraham has. Okay, now, let me keep going here. Let me keep going. Glory to God. So, so we also looked how, in, go to the book of Luke, please, chapter 1. We're not going to read it. I just want you to just have your eyes on it. Luke chapter 1, or rather Luke chapter 3, please. Luke 3, where we saw that Luke traced Jesus Christ's heritage or his lineage. He went past Abraham. Ma- uh, Matthew stopped at Abraham. Luke went past Abraham, went all the way back to Adam. If you look in Luke chapter 3, verse 38, says uh, this is the son of Enos, talking about Jesus Christ, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So Luke goes all the way back to Adam and to God himself. So we could summarize and say Jesus Christ is the son of God. Now, go to the book of Mark chapter 1 and verse 1. The one thing I love about Mark, Mark cut right to the chase. Mark didn't deal with Jesus' birth. He didn't deal with Jesus' childhood. Didn't deal with Jesus' younger years. He jumped right into miracles. Jumped right into action. By the time you get to Mark chapter 1 and right around uh, verse 15, it's talking about Jesus Christ out there going and preaching the kingdom of God. I mean, he's all right. Boom. 15 verse. He's, he's jumped right to it. So when Mark does the lineage, he doesn't go son of Joseph and son of Matthad and son of all this stuff. He goes right to the chase. Jesus Christ the son of God. Glory to God. Now, can I teach you a little bit here? So he's the son of God. Go back to the book of Luke, the next book over. I know y'all use your fingers, but that's what you need to do in church. If you go to church and a pastor opens the word, reads the scripture and close the book, walk out. Not right away. After, after church, because that would be rude. <laughs> that would be rude. Don't be rude. Okay? In Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, Luke 1 verse 30, this is a Christmas time scripture for people, says, then the angel said to her, this is the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, talking to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with who? God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name what? He will be great (laughs) and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him, watch this, the throne of his father, David. So he'll be the son of the highest and he's going to have the throne of his father, David. So here's Gabriel. He's tying Jesus to David. He calls him already the son of the highest. Then he says, son of David throne of his father, David. Then he goes on and says in verse 33, and he will reign over the house of who? Jacob. Jacob. Well, Jacob, if you know Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's the progenitors of of the, the, the people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob, his name summarizes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you follow me? Just like when you say Jesus, it summarizes Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. 
right? That's when people say, well, we got to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Somebody else says we're going to baptize in the name of Jesus. They get mad. No, you got to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. When you say Jesus, see, your Bible says that all the family in heaven and earth is named by that name, Jesus. So when I say Jesus, that covers everybody. You got it? So Jacob, when he ties him now to Jacob, he's also tying him to Abraham. Got it? Okay, now watch this. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, then Mary had said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? She's a virgin, right? And she knows, you know, biological things, how you have to, you know, be with a man to have a child. Verse 35, and the angels answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who is to be born will be called who? The son. the son of God. All right, you with me so far? So the angel verifies this from heaven. So when Mark, back in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, when Mark identifies Jesus Christ as the son of God, he's tracing the heritage all the way back in one statement. In one statement. He's also giving him a title and an identity and a heritage all in one statement. You got it? Okay, let's keep walking. Let's keep walking here. Now, back in, y'all don't have to turn, but back in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, Matthew said Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, although Jesus Christ is the son of David, although he is the son of Abraham, the foundation for our faith the basis of our faith is not that he's a son of David. It's not that he's a son of Abraham. It's that he is the son of God. Glory to God. The basis for our faith and the basis for our divine authority. Everybody say authority. Jesus Christ got, had no authority by being David's son. He had royal heritage. He had no authority by being Abraham's son. He had a faith heritage. He had a blessing heritage. But his authority came from him being the son of God. That's his divine heritage. And you and I have access to the same divine heritage and the same divine authority. Are you with me on this? So the basis or the foundation of our faith and the basis of our divine authority is the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Me to y'all should have that slide somewhere. The basis, I want y'all to see this, the, ba the foundation of our faith and the basis of our divine authority is the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. I got to prove it to you here. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Matthew 16 and verse... 13. You get there, say amen. amen. Okay, we're going to Matthew 16. We're going one book over. Verse 13. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right. That's six more of y'all. Well, I'm going to start reading. You'll find it eventually. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the Oh, there's another title, the Son of Man. 
Who do they say that I, the son of man, am? Why would, they, why would he be known here as the son of man? Well, because he was supposed as the son of Joseph. Now, I'll get to this here in a minute. And that was, that was, that was intentional on God's part. I, I'll show you this here. I'll get there. Now, watch this. It says, who do they say that I am, the son of man, am? Verse 16, verse um, 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you? This is, this is, this is a personal question now. Thank you for letting me know who they all say I am. But now I want to know what's your personal revelation. You've been around me long enough. What do you know about me? What revelation have you gotten about me? And many people have been in church many years, maybe all their lives, and have never received the personal revelation that he is the son of God. He says, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter speaks up for the group and says, you are the Christ. Glory to God. Notice he didn't say you are the Christ, the son of Abraham. He didn't say you are the Christ, the son of David. He didn't say you are the Christ, the son of man. He said you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And watch what Jesus says to him. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Now, that's interesting. Because to... The son of David, to know that doesn't take the father in heaven to reveal that. I can just trace genealogy. The son of Abraham doesn't take the father to reveal that. I can just trace genealogy. But to be called the son of God takes a divine revelation. I see beyond the natural. I see beyond what's common. I see beyond what is obvious. And I see something that comes out of a different realm, out of a different place. And so I call you Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Now watch what Jesus Christ says. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you. Mm -hmm. My father says something to you, now I, also, now I say something to you. Once you, get, once, once, you, once you hear from the father, you can hear from me. Once you've got a revelation from the father, now you can get a revelation from me all the time. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, not Peter, on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the foundation of our faith is the revelation that he's the son of God, not the son of David, not the son of Abraham, the son of God. Then he goes on to say in verse 19, and watch divine authority. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> this is those with revelation. And whatever you bind on earth, come on will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth 
will be loosed in heaven. Now, who gets this, this authority? It's the one who has the revelation that he is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Boy, 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 boy. The one with the revelation gets, now he gets his own um, uh, keys. Jesus Christ already had the keys. But once you come into a knowledge of who he is, then he tells you who you are. That's what he said. He did that in verse 18. You saw that, right? He said, look back to verse 18. You got to see it. You got to see it. Verse 18. He said, and I say to you that you are. In verse 17, Peter told him who he was. But verse 18, Jesus now says, now, now I can tell you who you are. See, once you know who he is, then now he can tell you who you are. And, and listen, you're, oh my God. And, and he's more interested in you knowing who you are. He knows who he is. He doesn't need you to tell him who he is. He just wants to make sure you know who he is. And once you know who he is, now he's free to tell you who you are. And the reason why most Christians never get an idea of who they are is because they have not yet realized who he is. To many Christians, he's a, he's a, he's a mighty good teacher. He was just a prophet. To the world, he's just another prophet like Muhammad. He's no different than Confucius to the world. That's why they have all the coexist. And now we got Christians want to, let's coexist. How can I coexist with, with, with what? I'm going to coexist. I can't coexist with darkness. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Give me 2 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse uh, 14. 2 Corinthians 6, this is just off, oh, this is off the cuff. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I can't coexist. Well, I ain't going to marry nobody that's an unbeliever. This ain't about, it, he, the marriage ain't nowhere in the scripture. Not talking about being married. Now, it includes being married. It means in any, any partnership you try to go into, you don't have any, any business partnering with Yoking together with an unbeliever. For what fellowship has righteousness with, light, with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Verse 15. And what accord has Christ with Belial? So we can't coexist. We're just going to be ecumenical. I can't be ecumenical. I got to talk about Jesus. I stand on Jesus. See, I got a revelation of who he is, and because I got a revelation of who he is, he's giving me a revelation of who I am. You think you're all that? No, I know I'm all that because he told me I'm all that. You got it? Woo-wee! So divine authority is not obtained nor expressed through religion. Divine authority is a privilege and reality of sonship. Divine authority, everybody say divine authority. It's a privilege of, and reality of sonship. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 
Peter would not have received that without a personal revelation. And that, those keys were not just for Peter. Those keys were all for all of us. Hallelujah. Boy, a revelation will change your life. Glory to God. Now, so sonship. Everybody say sonship. Now go to John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1. Because I want to show you that we are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are sons of God. This is the whole point of this message here today. The whole point of these three messages in a row is not to teach about just about his sonship. You need a revelation of his sonship, but he wants to give us a revelation of our sonship. Yes, sir. John chapter 1 and uh, verse, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Got it? Verse 10, he, this is the same he we're talking about in verse 1, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Then beyond that, he came to his own, or his own people, his own creation, and his own did not receive him. But verse 12, but verse 12, but as many as received him, to them, he gave the right. That word right literally means authority. He gave the authority to become children or sons of God. To watch to who? To those who believe in his name, verse 13, who were born not of blood. This is, this is, about, this is not about your bloodline. Nor the will of the flesh. Not, not about what your parents wanted to do. Nor the will of man, but of God. So you and I are born, number one, of the will of God, but number two, we're born of God. You got it? Y'all got it? All right, let me, let me help you, help you because some of y'all may not have it. Uh, my, my wife and I, uh, we, we parent four children together. Three of those children we, we had together, right? The last three here. And so the first of those children, which would be Olivia, she just turned 17 a couple days ago, And, and so uh, she was planned. Got it? Of all the three, those three, she was planned. Y'all understand the rest, right? The other two were surprises. Got it? Okay. Thank you. She was planned. Now, we didn't, we didn't send the other two back. We kept them, but they were, they were surprises, right? Okay, so she was planned. You got it? So, so Olivia is of the will of the flesh. She's of the will of man. She was, it was our will to have her. She didn't slip into the earth. She, didn't, she wasn't an accident. She wasn't a surprise. She was born of our will, but she was also born of me. I'm going to try to help you all this, all the kids over next door, right? So she's born of my will, but she's also born of me, which means she came out of me. I thought she came out of a mama. Yes, eventually, but she first 
came out of our minds and then came out of my loins. That's why when she was born, she, matter of fact, the, my first words, the moment they, they, took, they took her out was, I said, Hilda. Hilda's my mother. I said, Hilda. Because she looked exactly like my mama. Those are my first words. Why? Well, because I look like my mama. And so she looks like me. She's mine. Of my will. Of me. Now don't let it go over your head. You and I were born not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of implied the will of God. So God planned you and then he produced you. You came from him. You are of him. So just like Olivia and Alexis and Lydia and Jonathan, they look like me. We who are born of God. Come on, help me out. We look like our father. That's the way God originally made Adam. In his likeness and in his image. So Adam was a spitting image of God walking around this planet. See, see, I think, I think the issue is most people have this fantastical uh, idea of the Garden of Eden. And so they imagine, you know, Adam sitting there look, looking like a man and God sitting there looking like, you know, God's a, he's a ghost, a spirit. But Adam looked just like God, and God looked like Adam. The Bible says God would come down and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Walk. See, what we're thinking about is like what we think about here in our mind. I imagine God. Adam wasn't imagining God. He was walking with God, talking with God. That's why when, when he sinned, the Bible says he was hiding. Now, if God was just, was just some ethereal thing, he would know he couldn't hide. How could you hide from something ethereal? Well, I'm, trying, I'm trying, trying to upgrade your thinking here. He, he, you can't hide from something ethereal. You, 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 you have to be able to see him. That's why, that's why, Pastor Rashawn, when you were preaching the other night about Exodus and Moses saying, God, show me your glory, God said, you can't handle my glory. He said, but I will show you my hinder parts. Show you my hinder parts. God said, I'm going to show you my backside. That means God had a physical form. This is messing 90% of y'all. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm going to show you my hinder parts. He didn't show him air. He showed him himself. He said, you can't see my face and live. Because you're a fallen man. But I'll show you my backside. That's, that's as much of me as you, can, as you can handle. So I look like God. The more I spend time with him, the more I'm transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Are y'all getting this here? 
All right, you just, just do the best you can with that. Do the best you can with that. So, so we're born of, of God. Everybody say, I'm born of God. Okay, give me Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Galatians 3, verse 26. I'm, I'm winding to a close here, here in a minute. Galatians 3, verse 26. I'm going to give you enough here today to stuff your, your spiritual belly so that you can, once you digest it, you're going to know who you are. You're not going to beg another day in your life for anything from anybody. You're not going to try to qualify for nothing. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You want to go get, some, get something, man, you got to qualify for everything. I'm try, let's try, try to pre-qualify you for, qualify for a loan, qualify for benefits, qualify for, for AFDC, qualify for food stamps, qualify for, for tuition, qualify, 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 qualify. That's not of God. That, I said it's not of God, any of it. Any of it is not, it's not of God. Because that's not how God operates. Not with sons. Glory to God. Galatians 3.26, are you there? Here it is. Here it is. You ready? For you are all through faith. When we read John 1.12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority to become sons of God. Now they received him. Now after the cross, after the cross, now back in Galatians 3.26, you are. See, back in John 1, it was to become. But now in Galatians 3.26, you are. So we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, remember what I was telling you about when he called himself the son of man, right? You remember that? He said, the son of man. Here's the statement. I want you to get this, and I've, I've said it to you many times, but I want you to hear it and see it. The son of God became the son of man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. I want you to get that in your spirit. The son of God became the son of man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. When we were born into the earth, we were born all from Adam's seed. Adam was fallen. We were only sons of men. But Jesus Christ, who was the son of God, came down to the level of, of son of man so that we all could come, come back up to the level of sons of God. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. I'm glad I'm a son of Joseph. Joseph was my natural father. I have nothing but good things to say about my natural father. I just wonderful. I have wonderful uh, memories of my natural father. But that gave me no authority. That gave me no dominion. That gave me no, no, nothing eternal to stand on. Now, what they did give me was good teaching. I had a good foundation in the word of God. But it was not my, my natural sonship that brought me over. It's my spiritual sonship being a son of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Y'all got this? Now, can I keep going? All right. John 20. Go to John 20. I'm going to show you something here. Listen to this statement that I'm going to say to you. Whew. We must, must. 
see God as our father in the exact same way Jesus knows him as his father. You got it? We must see God as our father in the exact same way Jesus knows him as his father. No Christian would doubt that Jesus Christ is the son of God. That God is Jesus Christ's father. No Christian would doubt that. But to say to a Christian, you are as much the son of God as Jesus is, they kick you out of the church. And yet, we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Yet your Bible says over and over and over again, we, we sing a song. What man of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God. In fact, when you read 1 John 3, verse 2, it says, and now we are the sons of God. Okay? So we must see ourselves in the exact same sonship. Remember I gave you this example last week. Adam was Jesus Christ. Adam was God's created son. Jesus was God's begotten son. We call ourselves God's adopted sons. But the reality of it is, is no matter how you became a son, we are all sons in equality. We are sons the exact same way. In fact, your Bible does say that you and I have been begotten again to a lively hope. So if we're begotten, begotten again, then he put us on the same level as Jesus. I wonder how many of y'all can handle what I'm saying to you today. Yeah, I know it's plenty of smoke. I dare you to say this. Say, I'm a son, I'm a son on the same level the same as, Jesus. as Jesus. Are you in John 20? Verse 16. Jesus has gone to the cross already. He's already uh, died, already gone into hell. He's already now gotten out of the grave. Look at John 20, verse 16. He's gotten out of the grave, but he has not ascended yet to the Father. And Mary uh, comes. They're going to go and check him out, and they're going to, you know, want to attend to his body. I'm skipping through a lot of the story, but look at verse 16, please. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. She recognized his. He, he'd been talking to her for a little minute. She didn't recognize him until he called her name. Watch verse 17. This is, this is critical. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Stop. So I've not gone up and put that blood on the mercy seat yet. But go to my brethren and say to them, go not to my disciples. He says, go to my brethren. He's talking about the disciples, but he says, go to my brethren. The, the shift happened. He's already beyond the cross now. He's already beyond the grave. And so now he's calling them in. He says, now go to my brethren. Now it's interesting. He had called them his disciples all early on. By the time you get, get to John 15, he calls them his friends. So they've gone from servants and disciples to friends in John 15. But by the time you get to verse to chapter 20, he says, go to my brethren. Oh, my God. And, and watch this. And say to them, are you ready for this? 
Are you ready for this? I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Lord. Have mercy. Tell your brothers, tell my brothers I'm going to see daddy. Are you, are y'all, are y'all, are y'all getting this here yet? Are y'all understanding the words that's come out of Jesus' mouth? He's way beyond servants. He's way beyond friends. He's way beyond disciples. He calls them his brethren. Remember, we read he's the firstborn among many brethren. This is his, this is resurrection day right here. He's the firstborn among, among many brethren. So he says, go tell my brethren that I'm going, I'm going to see my father and your father. He's he talking about two different fathers? He's not going to see two different people. He's going to see one person, Father God, and he calls him my father and your father. Are y'all catching that? Are y'all catching that for real? He's, he's, he's just upgraded their relationship. That, in other words, what he's saying is, guys, we're now on the same level. That's why, I'm, I'm going to give you a scripture here. Uh, I'm going to skip on. Give, give me John 16, 23. John 16, 23. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus, he's talking about in, when he says in that day, he's talking about now. now. In other words, after the resurrection, watch what he says. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Okay, okay. A little hurts. In that day, okay, you know how it is in families when you, when you know uh, you got a bigger sister or, or somebody, you know, who they, they think they're special to mom and dad and everybody wants to ask for something. They say, you ask me. You ask me. No, you ask yourself. No, you ask them because they always they don't listen to you. <laughs> See, Jesus Christ understood that up until he went to the cross and went through the grave and, and, and rose again, they had to do everything through him. But he says, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, or I can guarantee you, whatever you ask the Father. The Father, in my name, he will give you. Well, that's a good guarantee right there. That's an open check right there, Christopher. Verse 24, verse 24, please. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive what? Now, he's talking about you being able to ask the Father for yourself. Now, back in John 20, and, and, and that verse we read here in verse 17, he said, I'm going to send it to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Boy, 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 boy. Now, so you can ask me anything you want to. All right, does everybody understand? Glory to God. We're on the same level as Jesus. Everybody get that? I, I don't care what your, what your religious teaching told you. We're on the same level. Go tell my brethren. You're saying I'm Jesus? I didn't say you were Jesus. You're, you're whoever you are. I'm just his brother. I'm, I'm exactly like him. 
glory to God. That's why he said, whatever I, when I leave here, whatever I did, you can do. And greater works than these can you do because I go to the Father. Now you can do it. Because he put us on the same plane, the same level as he is. Same access that he has. We get the same inheritance that he gets. Hebrews chapter 1. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Boy, I got a speed to read now, boy. Oh, Lord. Some of y'all taters are getting starting to get cold. Hebrews chapter 1. Glory to God. This is a lot. This is a lot. But boy, if you get this and chew it on, chew on and break it down, it's going to change how you live. Hebrews 1, verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in, in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, his son whom he has appointed heir of all things. So his son has been appointed heir of all things. So his son is the executor of the estate. You got it? Anybody ever had to deal with the death of a loved one, uh, they're, they're, you know, a parent or anything like that, somebody has to, has to be labeled as the executor of the estate. Normally it's the eldest child. My, my parents both were, were deceased. My oldest brother became the executor of their estate. Glory to God. But, but there were things left for me in that estate. It was just his job to execute it. Got it? Through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, Jesus Christ was the exact image of God. Glory to God. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, than, than the angels. Got it? So Jesus Christ is the heir of all things. Everybody say the heir of all things. So that's why... If he's the heir of all things, I can say then that all things belong to us now. Y'all got it? Because I'm a joint heir. I'm a brother on the same level as he is. Everything he got, I get. Everything he has, I have. Everything he owns, I share in it. And the Bible says in verse 2 that he has been appointed heir of all things. Everybody say all things. Y'all got it? Everybody say all things. all things. Say it again, all things. All things. No, shout it loud, all things. all things. That means all the cars are his, all the houses are his, all the buildings are his, everything is his. All the cattle on a thousand hills, they're his. All the silver and all the gold is his. Everything on this planet is his. He's the heir of all things. Heir of all things. 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit here in a minute. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Glory to God. Jesus. Let no one deceive you, deceive himself, rather. That's dumb to, to deceive yourself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. 
Now watch verse 21. Therefore, let no one boast in men or let no one boast in the natural. For all things, now this is Paul not talking to Jesus. This is Paul talking to us. He says, for all things will be yours. Nobody caught that. Oh, thank you. All things are yours. See, folk thinking about when they get to heaven. What a time, what a time. Go get my mansion on high. He says, no, all things are. Are is present tense. Am I right about that? Help me out. I got a teacher in present tense. Are. So he says here, all things are yours. Verse 22, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world. They were, see, in this, in this text, if you read it earlier, they were arguing over, should we be under Paul? Should we be under Apollos? Should we be under Cephas? He said, bump all that. He said, everything is yours. But he doesn't just talk about Paul and Cephas and Apollos. He says, or the world. The world is yours. Oh, Jesus. Look at them folk out there living. They living on your stuff. What are we talking about? Or the world, or life, or death. Huh? You mean life is yours? Death is yours? That means you choose all this? He said, or things present, or things to come. So we talk about the future too, but things present right now, they're yours. All are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. This is how everything is yours, because you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. You're in Christ, and Christ is in God. So then everything that he became heir to, you are heir to right now. And it says all things, not, not waiting on you to die, all things are yours right now, this moment. Help me, Lord. Give me verse 21 in the CEV. 21 in the CEV. I want you to see this here. Let's put it in plain English. So stop bragging about what anyone has done. Paul and Apollos and Peter all belong to you. In fact, everything is yours, including the world, life, death, the present, and the future. Everything belongs to you. Tell your neighbor, everything belongs to you. You ain't got to beg for what belongs to you. You ain't got to steal what belongs to you. Why you got to qualify for what belongs to you? It's yours already. Verse 22, 22, 22, same thing. Oh, glory. Oh, it was, it, was, it was all together. That's right. That's right. Go back. So everything belongs to you. Give me that same thing, 21, in the, the Living Bible, please. The Living Bible. Glory to God. The Living Bible. 21. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. Well, I'm under so-and-so. I'm under. Great. Oh, 21. Thank you. So don't be proud of following the wise men of this world. For God has already given you everything you need. Now verse 22. He has given you Paul and Apollos and Peter as your helpers. As your helpers? Oh, they're your helpers. These guys you, you, you crying over, fighting over, he says they're your helpers. Helpers of what? They're helping you discover what you have. 
That's my job. That's why I preach so long. I can preach five, ten minutes and be done, send you home, but you're going to go back home broke, busted, disgusted, needing healing in your body. You think you're going to die at 70 years old? Got to work 45 years so you can retire? That's, that's I'm hoping one day, one day I'm going to buy myself out of a job. That's what, that, that's, what, that's what retirement is. You buy yourself out of a job. That's all retirement is. Oh, one day, if I just do long enough, I'm trying to get you past that, man. You listen to me, you might be able to retire at 45. I'll come on this side. You might be able to retire at 45. How can I retire at 45? When you become financially independent. Retirement happens when you have enough coming in outside of work to cover all your expenses. So if, if you can learn to receive 50000 above your salary, then your salary doesn't matter anymore, does it? Some of you already, already have the business that's ready to do it now, right now. Your business can bring it to you right now. <laughs> and it don't have to be a business. It might be a book. It might just be men giving into your bosom. So they're your helpers. We're your helpers. He has given you the whole world to use. Giving you the whole world to use. Giving you the whole world. Giving you the whole world to use. Giving you the whole world to use. I like waterfront. I'm gonna use that. And life and death and even death are your servants. <laughs> he has given you all the present, all the future, all are yours. Let me read two more places here. Romans 8, 16 and 17. In the Passion Translation, please. Just watch and follow along with me. Romans 8, 16 and 17. It says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into your innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Verse 17. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. Everybody say I'm qualified. to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are the heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Got it? So all of God's treasures I'm qualified to share. Galatians 4, verse 6 and 7, uh, from the Passion, please. Galatians 4, verse 6 and 7. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true, everybody say true, true, true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, my father, you're our true father. Verse 7. Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters, and because we're his, watch this, we can access everything our father has, for we are heirs of God through Jesus, the Messiah. 
Man, man, man. Man, man, man. My, see, this, this, is, this, is, this is something we got we to gotta see and experience and, and work with it. You know, my, my children, our, our natural children know this. They, they understand this stuff in terms of with us. Our kids, they don't, they don't ask, can they go in the refrigerator? <laughs> they don't ask. Well, you better ask. That's just good manners. Good manners? But what would you buy for? What would you buy for? See, we, we're, we never, we've never been the kind that we bought something special for us and then something less for them. We get Oreos, y'all get sunshine. We don't, that's not, we've never done that. We get Boar's Head, you get Oscar Mayer. We've never, we ain't never, no, never done that. Right? Right? No, see, because they're our children. We freely get everything we have, they have access to. That's what it's for. Eat it up. Drink it up. Eat it. Drink it. Eat it. Get what, get what you want. See? Though you're laughing. Most Christians approach God with a lesser than mindset that I, I don't have what God has. I can't access what God has. I, I can't access what Jesus, Jesus, well, Jesus could do that because he was Jesus. No, he did that because he had faith. He did that because he was anointed. Well, the same anointing that he has, we have. Same faith he has, we have. In fact, he told us, have the God kind of faith. Have the exact same faith God has. Am I right about it? And the, the issue is, most Christians, wonderful, have a servant's heart. I mean, most, most true Christians have a real servant's heart. And that's good, but never get a, 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 a sonship reality. So we live and act like servants as opposed to acting like sons. And so servants beg and feel they have to qualify. Servants beg and feel like they have to uh, come to God with, well, God, look, here's what I did. Give me, give me last, one last place. Y'all got your time for one last place? Give me Luke 15 and verse... 27, somewhere around there. Luke 15, verse 27. Verse 25, let's go back there. Okay, remember the story of the prodigal son? Son went off, he asked his father for his inheritance. And his father just gave it to him. Y'all missed that. That's a lesson right there. The son said, hey, give me, give me, he said, matter of fact, his words were, give me the portion that belongs to me. Father said, oh, here you go. So he went off, and the Bible says he wasted his, his uh, substance with a riotous living. He did all kind of stuff. He, then he fell into a pig pen and uh, fell into poverty. 
everything, lost everything. He's in a pig pen. Now he comes back home. He's all dirty and nasty, stink. And when he, he comes home, the father sees him, runs to him, throws, gives, gives him uh, the best robe, ring, uh, brand new shoes, fatted calf. Father laid it on him. So you ought to have a nice ring on your finger. You ought to have the best robes, the best clothes. If it's raggedy, throw it out. Tell your neighbor, if it's raggedy, throw it out. If it's torn, if it's ripped, throw it out. Throw it out. If you, if you, if you don't have the homemaking skills to fix it, or the money to pay somebody to fix it, just throw it out. Throw it out. That's beneath you. It's beneath you. Best robe, shoes, best shoes, and a ring. You got Y'all gotta got some bling on your finger. Y'all, you need, you need some bling. If you don't have any bling, go to TJ Maxx. They sell bling. Start out with a little bling ring. It may not be real, but you start out with something. All right, now watch, watch. Verse twenty-five. Now his older brother, his older son, was in the field. The older son was in the field where all the servants are, are out there. They're, he, they're in the field. Watch what he says. And as he came, came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. What is going on? Verse 26, please. So he called one, one of the servants and asked uh, what these things meant. Keep going. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Keep going, please. But he was angry. This is the son who's in the field, angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Verse 29. So he answered and said to him, to his father, watch this. Watch the church's heart. Lo, these many years, Lord. I've been serving you, Lord Jesus. On this tedious journey. I've been working for Jesus a mighty long time. I've been running and I ain't tired yet, Lord. I work for you, Jesus. So he's telling him to his father how he's qualified. I've been serving you. That's a qualification move right there. Then he says, secondarily, I never transgress your commandments at any time. I walk right. I talk right. I live right. I treat my neighbors right. I came to church on time. I wasn't slipping and tipping and tripping and dipping like, like you know who. This, this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Dad, I wasn't doing that stuff like you know who. See, he's, he's of his own flesh trying to qualify himself for a party. Yet you never gave me a goat, a young goat, that I can make merry with my friends. Verse 30, watch the father's response. Uh, watch this. He says, but as soon as this yours, the son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf. I mean, how do you know what the son did, what the other brother did? He don't even know what the other brother did. He accused him of being out there with harlots. The Bible never said that. The Bible never said he was out there with no harlots. He's just gossiping brother. His religious self-righteous self. 
Verse 31. And he said to him, son, 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 come on, son. You are always with me. Say, I'm always with God. Son, you are always with me. And all that I have not will be. He wasn't telling the son one day, boy, when I die, you're going to have it made. Boy, you're going to be able to live good when I die. He said, no, son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. Always. You are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Those are both, both perfect present tense verbs. Perfect present tense. You're always with me, and everything I have is yours or is always yours. Anytime you want to, you can kill a goat. Anytime you want to, I got a, I got a stock room full of robes. Go pull your robe. Go get your robe, son. I got to oh, pull like that drawer, the third drawer down. I got, a, I got rings all over the place. You pull whatever ring you want to put on, son. Shoot, you want to warm up my Prada shoes, son? Go get my Prada. I got shoes. I got, I got a closet full of shoes. You just, just pick up whichever, anything you want. Goats, I got, man, I got a thousand goats out there. Get, it, get a goat. You, they, them goats keep making goats. Get you a goat, son. In other words, you don't have to beg me, nor do you have to qualify yourself. You are already pre-qualified based on your sonship. So because you are already a son, everything God has is yours now. You can access it anytime you want to. You don't need to wait. You don't need to wait. The issue is, well, Pastor, how come I'm struggling? Because you are approaching with the wrong attitude. You keep coming to God as a servant. You keep treating yourself like a servant of God and not looking at yourself as a son of God. Servants don't have this, this unfettered access. Sons have unfettered, unlimited access to everything. Well, if I can help just one. Why am I struggling? Because you keep talking about yours. Lord, I, 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 you know, I go to church more than them. Your going to church does not qualify you for the inheritance. It's good you ought to go to church all the time. But sonship is what qualifies you. And so if you approach God with that, then the, what the devil's going to do, he knows this little trick called condemnation. And he's going to put some condemnation in your heart. So although you may say, well, I, you know, I never transgress, he's going to remind you, well, remember that time? And see, if your heart condemns you, all of a sudden now you have no, you have no, 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 no confidence towards God. Come on now. You remember when you were a child, natural child, and you had misbehaved and something you wanted from your mom or your dad or whoever it was, you didn't, you didn't just come to them right, you know, because you, 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 you know, I ain't been right. And that's how we approach God. That's why it's so hard to receive healing. So hard to receive financial manifestation. So hard to receive the natural things that you desire in life. 
And yet the Bible says he's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. The Bible says he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Everything is already, already ours. But the struggle is up here. Is oh man, I gotta qualify. Not knowing we are sons of God. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Stand to your feet. While you're standing, media, get this scripture on the screen, please. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Matthew 7, verse 11. This is what Jesus Christ says to us. If you then, y'all know this one, don't you? Being evil, or Amplified says evil as you are. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father, your father in heaven, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So the father just says, just ask me. I'll give you good things. I'll give you good things. I'll, I'll do all kind of good things for you. <laughs> the stuff I, I want to do for you, you can't even really ask or think of what I want to do for you. What I prepare for you, you can't even really imagine it. You can't conceive it yet. But you've got to know that you're my son or my daughter. I understand. I've got ladies in here. I don't want you to be offended by that. You're my son. You're my daughter. It's the same thing when in, in Luke 13, right around verse 16 or so, when, when uh, Jesus talks about that daughter of Abraham. She, deserved, she, she, she qualified for healing because she was a daughter of Abraham. Not because how good she was. She was a daughter of Abraham. So you qualify because you're a son. You're son of God. Now this, this I admit this is a very challenging concept to conceive, to, to understand, to swallow. But that's why you got to sing songs like, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called. Because it takes a while to convince yourself of that, because everything in your human nature talks about how deplorable you are. I'm a, I'm a wretch undone. What a, we, we sing song like by such a worm as I. I'm a worm. I'm a worm. I'm a worm. This is a song we just sing. Am I right about any of y'all grew up in church? Such a worm as I. A worm. Sons of God and we're calling ourselves worms. I mean not even a snake. Worms. And the churches had a worm mentality. We're sons. We're daughters. Now this is important, ladies and gentlemen, because as we go into this new year, we've got to master this concept, this revelation of our sonship. Because Romans 8 says the whole world is groaning, travailing, waiting on the manifestation 
of the sons of God. And God said this year in 2019 is going to be a year of abundant manifestation. And so what's going to be manifest in a glorious light this year is the sons of God. What does that mean for the sons of manifest? He's going to be... Jesus went up on the mountain of transfiguration. I think it's Matthew 17, somewhere around there. He, the Bible says he was transfigured before the disciples. They saw his insides. Not heart, liver, spleen, all that stuff. No, the light, the glorious light that was on inside of him. They saw, they were like, what the what? They saw him for who he really was. So they couldn't regard him after the flesh anymore. They saw, oh my God, this is, this is the son of God. They saw the manifestation. And we've been singing stuff like this little light of mine. I'm going to sh- let it shine. And he's saying, little light, when I transfigure you in 2019. But you are transfigured, or that word also means transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we got to renew our minds to our sonship. And once we renew our minds to our sonship, now we can be transfigured before our family. So that same family you've been trying to talk to and tell them, you need to come to church, child, and you need to get saved. And they be like, child, I ain't doing whatever, whatever. But then all of a sudden, they're going to see your insides. They're going to see the glory of God that will emanate from your life. And it's going to manifest in stuff, too. It's going to manifest in stuff, too. Ain't no doubt about that. But I'm talking about his glory. That kind of glory manifests and people around you will get healed just by being in your shadow, being in your presence. The demons will run. People been depressed. They've been, they've been battling addiction. And all that stuff will just, whoa, what happened to me? They, they, they got in the presence of a son that was transformed, that was transfigured, that was manifested before them. So I know just by tendency, everybody doesn't grab a hold of this right away. But I'm praying that enough of you have grabbed a hold of this today that you will be ready and zealous about God shining forth in your life in this coming year. Amen? Father, our Father, <laughs> who art in heaven. <laughs> oh, you're our Father. You're Jesus' Father and our Father. You're Jesus' God and our God. Thank you for giving your Son to become the Son of Man so that we could become, again, sons of God. That's how you created Adam. Adam was, your word says, the Son of God. And so we have now, again, become the sons of God. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when Jesus Christ shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Your word says, as he is, so are we in this world. So thank you, Lord, that there's, there's a divine sonship on the inside of us, that we have been made in your image and your likeness. We're now made just like you, just like Jesus. 
And so, Lord, we will not let the devil keep pushing us down back into something lesser, something uh, less significant, less meaningful. No, we're, we're going to stand in our sonship. We're going to walk in our divine sonship. We're going to walk in our divine authority, our divine dominion. We're going to walk in this revelation of who we are and whose we are. And because of that, God, we know the enemy is frightened right now. (laughs) Because the worst thing he wants is for anybody to know who they are. His His worst nightmare is for a child of God to know who they are. Because then he knows there's nothing he can do with us. Nothing he can do with us. That's why he challenged Jesus' sonship right out the gate. (laughs) If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. Oh, no, we know we are the sons of God. Thank you that God, because of what we know, will walk a different way. God, we accept our inheritance. We accept our divine heritage. Your word says we've been made partakers of your divine nature. And God, so we, we take upon ourselves that divine nature. We walk in love as dear children. We are imitators of you, Lord, as dear children. And God, we pray that God, as we walk in that love and let our lights shine, our true lights shine, our real lights shine, that glorious light of the gospel, let that glorious light of the kingdom, let it shine through our lives that God, people will be saved and healed and delivered and things will manifest in our lives that people will know that you must be the children of God. These must be the children of God. You said, Lord, in Isaiah 40, verse 5, you said that your glory would be seen in all the earth. Your glory would manifest and all flesh would see it together. So, Lord, all flesh is going to see glory manifested out of us. Let this year, 2019, be the year of abundant manifestation of the sons of God. We thank you, Lord, for a change in mindset, a change in attitude, a change in our approach so that we can freely receive all you have for us. Let it be unto us everything according to your word. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Please put those hands together and give God a